All right, all right. Welcome to the Strong Side Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Black, and today we have a really exciting episode. So one thing that we're trying to do with our podcast is this Strong Side Podcast is made for our Strong Side members. If anybody outside of the gym wants to listen to it, that's totally fine, and I hope a lot of people do, and I hope you share it with your friends and give it a little five-star, but Right now, we're really committed to making this content for you, about you, giving the information that you need. And we thought, hey, what better way than to introduce all of our team members? We'll start with our leadership team. We'll kind of branch out from there. But let's get to know them on a little bit more personal level. So today, we have a very special guest. We have our head coach, Mr. Matt. And uh, we're going to dive into just, in his words, People will get to know what, why I am the way that I am. So with a drum roll, we have Mr. Matt. How are we doing, Mr. Matt? I'm doing great. It was a solid morning. Can't complain. Yeah, you guys went outside? Yeah, went outside. Got a little sunshine on my bald head, you know. I just learned that Matt <laughs> shaves and exfoliates his head. Almost daily. I shave like twice or every two weeks. I exfoliate every day. I got to stay young. So, like, how does that work? So, like, you, you, I got a tip. It's from GQ magazine. Yes, sorry, GQ magazine. But you take your knuckles and you exfoliate your face with your knuckles, not your hands. Because usually your fingers are pretty dirty. So, your knuckles usually are cleaner than your hands. So, you just take your knuckle and exfoliate your face with it. Do that daily. Once when I wake up and once right before I go to bed. Huh. That's a true story. That's kind of cool. So, talking about exfoliation, one of my clients, uh, just told me that you can shave your forehead and it exfoliates your forehead. So I've shaved my forehead two times now. Oh, it's great. It feels good too. It's like a, have you ever got like a head scratch? It's just like a personal head scratch. I will, I will tip extra if you cut my hair and give me a scalp massage. <laughs> <laughs> I am not doing that. I'll save that for Kim. Okay. Yeah. She was making fun of me. She's like, you, you shave your forehead. I'm like, just touch it. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. So, yeah, man. So let's just just talk about you. You know, like I guess we can talk shop a little bit, but I mean, like, just who are you and what's your background? Oh and, boy, <laughs> yeah, it's a roller coaster. Where, where'd you grow up? So I grew up in San Clemente, California. Um, lived out there for sixteen years, actually. Yeah, sixteen years. I actually um, was born and raised, and I was actually born in the Philippines. Um, my dad was a Navy officer. Um, my mom is fully Thai and that's how my parents met when my dad was actually stationed in Thailand. And I was then when my dad moved, he was moved into the Philippines. We lived in the Philippines for a little bit. Then my dad got, um, uh, moved to Egypt. I was super little. I don't remember any of this. Um, we lived in Egypt, we lived in South Africa, and then we moved to California. How old were you when you lived in Egypt? Uh, I was like less, I was like a toddler. I was like one. So you don't remember like, the I don't remember anything. anything. I got cool stamps on my passport. That's about it. Wait, the, the passport, like that literally stays with you your whole life. Yeah. But I don't use that passport anymore. It's just like my baby passport. Oh, and then when you get to adulthood, you get yeah, a new, I got a new one. Oh, okay. I have it framed. It's in my house. And then you moved to California. Yep. And then you're in Georgia now. Yeah. So, um, Mom and dad kind of got divorced when I was like 16. Super sad day. Um, but it was, I, the state of California, when they got divorced, I had to choose. So 
when I had to choose, I chose my mom, um, thinking, you know, oh, I'll just see my dad on a regular basis, whatever. And three months later, mom comes up to me and she's like, Hey, um, we're going to move. And I was like, okay, cool. We're like going to move right down the road. No, we moved to Georgia. And that's how I ended up in Georgia. And I had an, like an aunt that lived out here. We lived with her for like a month while our house was under construction. So yeah, that was super fun. Cool, man. Yeah. All right. And now how much family do you have out here? Uh, all my family now, it was like, as soon as we moved out here, three months later, they moved to Florida, which is why I ultimately chose where I went for college, which was UCF. University of Central Florida, 2017 national champs. And yeah, and you played there, right? Yeah. Played for two years. Um, it, was, it was color guard, right? Yeah. I played color guard. No, I played football for two years. Um, I wish I would have played color guard. Um, but playing football explains the way that I am, the way that I coach. Um, but I played there for two years. I started probably one game. That was it. Um, wanted to play more. Decided to transfer to Valdosta State um, D2 school. 2013 national champs. Don't forget that. Um, and so we won the national. My senior year, we won the national championship. Um, that was my at very, Valdosta. At Valdosta Division Two national champs. Um, so after that, I wanted to go into the NFL. So had a pro day, had everything. During my pro day, I actually blew out my knee. Um, and then, yeah, my football career was pretty much over after that. And I had to decide what the heck I wanted to do with my life. What, uh, define blow out your knee. What does that mean? I tore my ACL completely. I've done that. It was terrible. Yeah, it, it was great. So, yeah. So how does, it, how does that happen? Like I just made a cut too hard and knee went one way, I went the other. So there wasn't any physical contact. No, no a, physical contact. I know that's annoying. Yep. I'm sure you wanted a really cool story. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I can't be like, no, someone just hit me really hard. No, I just took a wrong turn. Mm. Super fun. That's still kind of cool, though, that you got to go to like pro day and stuff. Yeah, like that. it was super fun. You know, I, at the moment, I was, I had three teams out in my pro day, which was really cool. Um, after that, I had to decide. I was also done with college. I just graduated with a business management degree. So I had to decide what the heck I wanted to do. And I didn't want to, I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. I thought my life was going to be football and that was cut short. So I became a beach bum for six months. No one really knows about this. What? Well then enlighten yeah, us. This is hey. actually a very dark days of Matt Morgan. Well, well, my before we get there, going back to pro day, like, yeah. did, did you have any, like, do you get like free sandwiches or anything? They give you like a cool experience. Or? I mean, they give you a cool t-shirt. That's about <laughs> it. You get a cool t-shirt and cool cleats. That's about it. Huh? All right. Okay. And then you were a beach bum. Yeah, I was a beach bum. Went to live in Outer Banks, North Carolina. Lived there for six months. Doing what? Me and a dog. I worked in a surf shop and waited tables. That was my life. I surfed and worked in a surf shop. With a business management degree. With a business management degree. Because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to grow up. I, I legit <laughs> didn't know that. Yep. Like I had no idea. That's what I did for six months. And then I finally decided one day, I was like, I got to get my life together. And it's actually how I ended up in kind of the North Georgia area. I went to uh, Kennesaw State um, and got decided to go get another bachelor's degree. In what? Oh, boy. Hold on. <laughs> this is where it gets fun. Uh, so I have another bachelor's degree in sports management, um, went and studied abroad for a little bit, um, actually lived in Spain, did kind of an externship in Spain, 
Um, and but, I just learned this. What's the difference between an internship and an externship? So it's a little bit more hands-on. Like I was, this was like, I was getting paid to do this. Like this, they had every deal of putting me on staff. Like I was in sweet sales was what I was doing for the soccer team in Spain. And it was about a month in after I was like decided that like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sign my offer letter, did all that. And then I was just like, I really hate it here. I was like, I love Europe, but I just can't, I can't do this. I was like, this isn't for me. And so moved back, uh, went back to Kennesaw State, got another bachelor's degree in uh, medical sociology. Um, what is that? So it's just, it's <laughs> honestly, I have no idea. It was just the <laughs> easiest degree to get <laughs> and got an internship. This time I got an internship with uh, Northside and I was actually working in their ethics department and if you ever worked, ever heard of the ethics department in hospitals, it's not fun. I, I didn't even know they had an... Yes. Huh. It's pretty much, let's say you have a patient who has like a DNR on their record, which is do not resuscitate. Um, the ethics department is the department that ultimately has the final say-so on whether or not this person gets resuscitated or not. So you make a lot of big decisions. Not only am I learning about your life, I'm just learning about life in yeah. this spot. You've said like eight things that oh, I didn't even I, know existed. I was forced. At, so another reason I chose UCF was at the age of 18, my parents decided to um, pretty much make me pay rent and go from there and be like, hey, you're 18, you have to pay rent. And I was just like, no, I don't want to do that. So I went to college early. There's a visitor yeah it's uh, sorry yeah i love when visitors come in during the podcast how yeah. do they not know that we're doing a podcast we're close, so guys yeah <laughs> um man okay so that's cool yeah, uh, my life's like a roller coaster it's been fun so and then so then what when did you start working so you got you, you have like five <laughs> degrees i i so i started really working i was what 25 i was 25 when, was, when I really, really kind of settled down. And when I say settled down, I got the internship. I quit. The ethics department wasn't for me. I was like, this is way too much. I was like, I can't make these decisions. I was like, I don't want to have someone's life in my hands. But I loved helping people. So I actually started over at Topgolf. When I say I started at Topgolf, I literally started off as the lowest of the low. I was an intern, running coffee, running papers, like making scans, copies, everything. You name it, that was me. Like in the mailroom, you know those movies, how you have like the mailboy? That was me. So you were like Elf. Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. And did that for, I did that for like three months. After that, they um, they were like, hey, we're going to send you out to, I forgot what venue it was. It was just opening. They were like, hey, you're going to help out. Literally, when I say help out, I was literally constructing like tables and just everything that you see in Top Golf, I was building. So I was helping them build all that. And then finally one day someone came up to me and they're like, hey, do you mind, so-and-so called out, like, do you mind just running this orientation, doing this for us? And I was like, yeah, sure. Sounds easy. And I did it. And they said I did really well. So then they brought me on as like this training, they brought me on as like a training manager at a, one venue. And this was out in Oklahoma City. Um, so I was a training manager of that's just that one venue and I was in, in charge of training all these people that are being onboarded from there. Um, I actually then flew out to Houston where the, um, the headquarters is and they're like, Hey, we really like what you're doing. We want to actually make you director of training. This is a brand new position. 
what you'll do is you'll travel around, you know, help open up these facilities, train people, onboard people, um, get them really ready to do the job. And I was like, oh, that sounds really fun. I mean, being a 26-year-old kid training people, getting the travel. I mean, I traveled the world when I did this. That There seems to be a theme here. I love traveling. Traveling, internships, helping people. Yeah. And building things. Yep. So I did that. Um, so that was kind of how I started at Top Golf, and I did that till I was what twenty eight. So about two, three years I was at Top Golf, three years exactly. And then what happened? So I'm like genuinely, I'm listening to this story, and I'm like, this, this is, is actually it's captivating. This to me. is actually what uh, I was actually. So I've been doing CrossFit while I was training, um, while I was doing all this. I would, you know, I had. One, I was based out of Virginia Beach, and if you guys have ever been to Virginia Beach or ever have a chance to go to Virginia Beach, it is the known area. Like, CrossFit is is it out there. Like, every gym, almost every gym out there has someone that is on seminar staff that teaches people how to coach. So, I was at a gym um, that is known for developing coaches, and I was approached being like, hey, you should really go get an L1. And so I went and got an L1 I, just for, you know, fun, whatever. Um, didn't have any aspirations as a coach. I did it. And they were like, hey, do you want to, you know, shadow a class? So the, the program that we have here, the shadowing and all that, like I had, I had been through it. I started out with no experience whatsoever. And I had been doing CrossFit for years. Um, so I knew the stuff. So then I got the L1, did all that. Um started coaching kind of part-time. Like when I say coaching part-time, I was literally doing like one or two classes here and there um, with, but there was like 25, 30 people in these classes. Then I was getting ready to go do a comp in Minnesota. Um, I actually took a vacation to go do a comp, which is crazy. Um, so I took a vacation while I was out on vacation. I was actually on the flight out there and I got an email while I was boarding and it was from my boss being like, Hey, you need to answer this email, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at the email and my emails were set to like, do not disturb. Like, Hey, this is the person you need to get in contact with. Like I'm on vacation. I was in Minnesota. I was literally the last day of the comp. I get another email saying like, Hey, when you come back, we're going to need to talk. I'm like, all right, cool. That's fine. Whatever. I didn't think anything of it. Walked in the office on Monday. I had a write up. And it said that I was insubordinate. I was just like, for what? And they couldn't really explain why I was insubordinate. So that moment, once they did that, I was like, look, I'm done. I was like, here's my two-week notice. They're like, wait, really? I was like, yeah. So I gave them my two-week notice. Um, they couldn't get tell me a reason why. And from then on, I had two weeks of vacation left, took my two weeks of vacation. And this is where the traveling really gets fun. I actually flew out the day I put my two-week notice, flew out, went to Europe for three months, lived out in Europe, and just backpacked. What? <laughs> so that's what I did. I wasn't expecting any of that. I had heard every bit of that story all the way till the, till the backpacked in Europe. That was super fun. I bet, dude. I had a friend that did that one time, and, uh, and I just applaud her for it. Like I was like, that's super cool. Like, way to do that in your life. Yeah. Now she's married with kids and stuff. And I'm like, you know, like that's like way to get that done. No. Yeah. Cool. It's like, it was like my biggest, like, I guess on my bucket list to do. I always wanted to travel and just be like a nomad and I did it. Huh? I thought that would have been accomplished with the beach bum. No, nope. no. Nope. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, man. So 
So like I can like I can feel the story like I can hear it. There's all this like I mean you're just bleeding like what you're the story to me is really that you're you're finding something that makes you fulfilled to help other people. Yeah. And when you're not in scenarios where you're getting to help other people or you don't feel like you're being recognized for that help, you you start looking for something. Yeah. So you started obviously looking for coaching. So yep. I mean then what you go get your L one. You already had. So your I already had my L one. Um, so while I was out at the comp, I had started applying for coaching jobs, um, and which is how I actually started with eleven twenty four. I was out there. I literally just Googled. I was like CrossFit coaching jobs, and they had a post on Google, and that they had just literally. I think it was two hours before that they had just posted. So they had a phone number. I called. Um, it was one of the owners called them. They're like, yeah, we would love, you know, you to come down, try it out. And so once I flew back from Minnesota, it was like fate because it was Virginia actually had been evacuated for a hurricane. So because we were evacuated for a hurricane, I had to, we then flew out, flew down to Atlanta, met with the owners of 1124. They were like, oh, okay. Like, this is what I want you to do, blah, blah, blah. Literally, I got the job. Like two days later, they called me like, hey, your references checked out. They actually called every one of my references. I was actually shocked because my references called me and were like, hey, just let you know they called me. Like we said nothing but good things. So hopefully you get it. Um, and Top Golf was number one, right? Yeah, Top Golf was actually, I put, Shut up, I put my, man, my boss on there because there was no, like there's, there was no bad blood. Like I had done everything you asked me to do. Like I had, they're on there. So yeah. Huh, that's kind of cool. So yeah, they're very supportive. Like even to this day, um, every year they they want me to come back, and I'm just like, no, I can't do it. So yeah. So so then what? You start you start coaching and like tell me about like your obsession with it. Oh man, this is where I when I say I was obsessed. So once I got the job over at 11:24, so there was a couple delays in the opening of 11:24. Um, just or any gym There's or any gonna, gym. Yeah, it permits everything. Um, so while I was literally waiting to coach, um, there, I decided, you know, I, I need to keep coaching. Cause if not, I was literally doing nothing. I was, my job then was, I was just so bored cause I can't sit still. I decided I wanted to go do DoorDash. I was literally delivering food for people while I wasn't doing that. I was coaching at a gym over in Roswell called Hugh hard exercise works where I was coaching there part time. So I was doing DoorDash in the middle of the night i was then doing coaching in the afternoon i then was waiting for 11:24 to open once 11:24 opened they we had like six coaches i was only coaching like maybe like three to four classes a day um and so i i was working three jobs but i loved what i was doing like i literally i would i don't to this day like that was like the epitome of like really getting good at my craft because I was coaching so much and coaching is a struggle. Like you coach like six, or seven classes a day, you're exhausted. And like, literally I would go home, eat something, go to bed and do it all over again. Like that was my life. Like I was dating somebody at the time and I'm pretty sure she hated me cause I didn't talk to her. <laughs> I was literally coming in, going to bed, like sleeping, eating. I was, all I was doing was coaching, but I knew I wanted to make it a career. So, what happened, um, 1124, we actually had um, a couple coaches leave as soon as we opened, a couple things happened. Um, they were like, Matt, can you coach more? So I went from coaching like maybe 10, 12 classes to then coaching like 30 in a week. 
and it just kept on coaching and I loved it. Like I ate and like literally I would leave or like while I was waiting, I would literally watch videos on how to coach better. I actually then ended up joining like a mentorship group. I like still to this day meet with them on like how to coach, how to get better, how to look for little things. Like I live and breathe this stuff. So yeah. Dude, that fires me up. <laughs> That's like to have that here, that energy. Yeah. Like, oh man, dude. So, and then, um, and then I was promoted. Like when I say I, st every position that I've started in, I always start at the lowest of the low. And that's like, I, that's how I believe that will keep pushing me to get better and growing. Um, and then, which ultimately led me to strong side. So, yeah, man, that, so like when you talk about like your <clears throat> obsession with coaching, it, I mean, it, this is, I get this is general population, but I think, I mean, coaching is coaching. I don't mm -hmm. care if you're coaching a sports team or whatever, what you're really trying to do is get a, a like-minded group of people to support each other and want to be better, whether it's to win a game or whether it's to be better at life or lose the five pounds. I mean, that's, that's, we all know that's the end objective. It just looks different. It looks like burpees and snatches or it looks like whatever, but what, like why and how does that fire you up so much? It's amazing that it does. Yeah. So when I was at Top Golf, I knew there was something missing. Like I always said this and I said it to my mom and my mom still to this day, like, will always say this to me is like, I wanted, I was training people to get good at a job, right? At Top Golf. And I said it one day and I was like, I want to train people to get good at life. And when I said that, I was like, mom's like, why don't you look into like, I, I almost went back and finished nursing school. Um, which is like a whole nother separate thing. Um, I was forced to pick between football and nursing school, pick football. Um, so I was like, you know what, you know, I do this CrossFit thing and why don't I just coach? So, because then I'm helping people get better at life and that's the population that I want to help. I want to help people get better at life. And like, I was competitive. I wanted to still be competitive. You know, I was in a very competitive gym. I've seen how that competitive atmosphere can, you know, hurt a gym. And I just, which was what led me out of where I was to strong side. So, yeah, dude, I can, I, again, I just keep going back to it. That's just like that organic passion. Like you need to like, it has to be bigger than anything. Yeah. It has to be bigger than like you're saying, you know, I'm just, I'm so happy and so proud that you run all of our coaching here because that's, you know, like... I know sometimes I suffer at this, but I truly believe this from the bottom of my heart. You need to put really good people in charge and then get out of their way. And, and what it, that organic, like love for people that goes well beyond, you know, you can pay people, whatever you can put a title, whatever, but it's going to burn out, especially if you do both at the same time, okay. you know, Hey, um, here's a massive promotion with a massive salary. They're usually going to get like fizzled out. And, and what I mean by that is if you don't have that deep blood of like, I need to help people yeah. and I need to go, I don't care what you're doing. I'm going to, I'm going to build houses and in between building houses, I'm going to go YouTube how to hammer better. I mean, that, that's what this is. Yeah. You're saying, I love helping people and in between helping people, I'm going to go research how I can help people better. Yeah. So like I listen to Gary Vee. If you guys have ever listened to Gary Vee, he's amazing. I love him. Yeah. So like there's a, a, I remember being on that flight when I quit Top Golf. Um, he was like, you, I don't care how much you get paid. And I was making really, really, as a 25 year old kid, and I was a kid. I mean, I was living the life of a kid. 
and getting paid a hundred grand to party pretty much. That's pretty much what I was doing. I was wine and dining people, training people, going out every night, like very unhealthy lifestyle, but I was very unhappy. And I don't care how much money you throw at a problem. If you're not happy with what you do and you don't have a passion for what you do, nothing, you, you can't fix that. You have to find your passion and really money can't fix that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's just, man, fires me up for like the future and you being here. Cause this is going to be, I mean, this common purpose and mission is going to be legit. So you talked a little bit about being <clears throat> led to strong side. Yeah. You know, what is it about the culture and environment? What do you see here? Like what's motivating you? Where are our members at? What do you want to do with the future? Like, where do you want to spearhead this thing to? Why are you, why are you happy to be here? Yeah. So, um, I will, I will never forget the day that I actually messaged you. I was like, I messaged you on like Instagram. Which, by the way, I don't really know how to work. And I was not 100% sure if the message sent back. Yeah. So, um, and I actually was talking. So I know Liz Meehan. Liz, I actually, Liz went to 1124 before she came here. Um, and she, everything I'd seen, she would post stuff. Like, um, I guess you guys had like a March competition. I saw her post. Um, looked super fun. And then I've randomly i was just sitting at a coffee shop in downtown marietta and like at, and like when i say i was a part of a very competitive gym that's not the atmosphere that i want like the atmosphere that i want the competitive side is cool and all like there's there's a time and place to compete but that's not getting people better yeah every day when you're beating your face against the wall because you have to beat somebody yeah exactly it's and like with the competitive atmosphere this is the problem with competitors the with competitors the moment they stop getting better They'll go somewhere else. Like they don't, they're not loyal. Yeah. Cause it's always, it's the coach's problem. Yeah. It's, it's the like, coach's, yeah. it's not their problem. It's our problem. And that just wasn't an atmosphere that I wanted to be a part of. So I was literally sitting at, um, cool beans in downtown Marietta. I was sitting outside. It was a gorgeous day. Um, and I had literally just messaged Matt Raines. I was like, Hey, is the gym that you go to looking for coaches? And he's like, I think so message or message Mitchell, send him an email. So I sent Mitchell my email, um, or sent him an email, called him and messaged him on Instagram within the span of like five minutes. Yeah. Um, so I did all three of those things. Um, I think it was like two or three hours later. I think you had to coach all morning. I think it was like one o'clock you messaged me back and we started talking. And I think later on that afternoon I came out and took a class actually it was like a six six o'clock five o'clock class whatever it was yeah it was the last two classes it was the last two classes i took and i took the class and literally i walked in and just the moment you walk in and everyone talking to you i was like whoa i was like that was a game changer for me because the atmosphere and that like community was felt immediately like i wasn't walking in sitting in the corner being like wow no one's gonna talk to me I was like, this is awkward. Like, I didn't have to force talk to anybody. Like, usually I'll, I'm will i a I'm a kind of an introvert, but I'm not at the same time. Like, if I'm in a building, I'll talk to you. But if I'm at, like, a comfort place, like my home, I won't talk to anybody. I'm super awkward. Yeah, it's uh, I'm the same way. It's an introvert that's trained to be an extrovert. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I'll talk. Like, if I'm out and about, I'll talk to a wall. But if I'm in my home or, like, my, a place of comfort, like, for me, I won't talk to you. Huh. I'm just weird. Uh, you no, know, no, I get it. So, so you come on board and then it's like, you know, what have you, what are some takeaways? What have you learned? What's, what's the neat things being involved in this? I mean, I, I know I'm a little biased, but I think yeah. we have a really good culture and, 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 
and in, in what we do. Oh yeah, like the culture here is really, really like it's amazing. And the cool thing is too is like for me, I felt like my coaching has gotten better. Like I felt like I'm getting to really know people more on a personal level. Like I'm really deep diving into those things. And like as I grow as a coach, and like I'm not gonna say I'm the best coach in the room. I'm always gonna want to get better. And I, that's the mentality I want for all coaches. I don't want a single person to walk in here and be like, I am the man, right? I want you to be confident, but I don't want you to be like, I know everything. I can't, you're not going to teach me anything. No, we can teach you something. We can teach each other something. And that's what I want the coaching team to work as is we are a team. Um, because if I'm not getting better, we're not getting better. So that's the kind of atmosphere I want to grow is everyone constantly getting better every day. So like even for me, me getting to know the members here, it's going past that one question, not just being like, hey, how's your day? Like I need to deep dive even further. Like, hey, how's your day? Uh, it's been pretty rough. Like, oh, what's going on? Like go on the onion. Yeah, exactly. I need to go one question deeper. Like I really want to know what these people do, like what they do for a living, like what really gets their uh, like their motor going, like what gets you going? I want to know that. And that's what I want for all coaches and everyone on the team. Yeah. I think we can both really agree that the, the most dangerous coach is the one who knows everything. Yeah. And the best coach is the one who says, I know nothing. Yep. And it takes a long time to get to, yeah, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just trying to get a little bit better every day. Exactly. I want to go find my first five clients and apologize. Yeah. Oh man. If I could go back and that first, my first ever class I ever taught, I would be like, I'm sorry, but I learned a lot from that moment. Yeah. That's, that's a big focus. I guess we can segue into this a little bit about like our coaching onboarding and stuff. That's really what it is when people hear, Oh, you know, I got to go through this, you know, um, whatever you want to call it, uh, orientation, onboarding, you know, whatever. A lot of times people think that it's, Hey, okay when Sally is doing a kettlebell swing and her back rounds, well, I mean, maybe a little bit, but we kind of expect you to be a professional and you kind of know that it's more of the, the stage presence and the organization and the commanding the room and the humility mm -hmm. and the constant growth and how you're going to organize these people to stay entertained and happy and energized and the cultivating environment that we're trying to create. So where do you, where do you want to get our, our, your, where do you want to get your coaching team to? Like if I, you know, we, if we did this, this, and this, like what are your projects? So one of the things that we're going to do is like during the onboarding, it's a long process. It's not just like two or three days and they're onboarded. No, it's like a weeks and weeks and weeks. Like they're never, ever going to be a hundred percent. And like, I wouldn't like, I always tell people, and this is one of the biggest things I took away from Top Golf is like, you're never perfect. Like, I want these people to always be pursuing to get better every day when they come in. So a little projects we're going to do is, you know, coaches are going to, you know, constantly be getting feedback um, either on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. Um, you know, once they've been here long enough, it will happen on a quarterly basis. Then it will happen, you know, their yearly checkups to see how they're doing. They'll be put on improvement plans, stuff like that, just so they're constantly getting better because we want to make this a career for people. And the moment you don't let people grow is the moment they leave. It's like what I think Ashley said. She's like the tree, but I'm like the water for the, for the tree. I need yeah. to let people grow. Yeah. She's the roots. I'm yeah. just the water. 
Strong side's a tree. You're the water. <laughs> she's the roots. Circle of life. Yeah. I mean, that's you have to be working on your craft all the time. Yeah. And it, it and for us, it's so much. I can't say that word enough. Stage presence. I mean, we talk a lot about with our coaches that coaching is really twenty percent of what they actually do. Mm-hmm. The other eighty percent is building an environment to where when you drop the critical knowledge that they actually listen. You're like, whoa. And that is very, very hard to do because, uh, you know, we get so obsessed with how much we know, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. You got to care. You got to care about Jane and Sally and, like, how their day is going and whatnot. Because if you don't care, they're not going to listen. And it has to be genuine. And you got to find these people. They have to genuinely care. Oh, yeah. You have to earn the respect. Like, I remember my first day here. I was so nervous. I was, like, trying to correct people. And I could tell they were kind of hesitant. They were like, oh, who is this guy? I don't really trust him. Now I can be like, hey, listen. And they're like, oh, okay, I'll do that. And they fix it. And I'm like, yes. Because I, I knew I won their trust once they I, – I can see it in their eyes. Psychology. Yeah, no, that's that's it. Like that's when you talk about like the two more gyms we're gonna open and stuff like that, and people are like, How are you gonna replicate it? We gotta understand what makes strong side different. What makes strong side different is the culture and the coaching. And we have to be able to articulate that and train that and write it down and be able to say, Look, you know, Matt's able to provide this experience because he makes decisions in this order and he understands how to do this. You know, this is the strong side way. Yeah. And we're gonna be able to do that with a bunch of other coaches. Yeah, and like the experience you're gonna get, it's gonna be fun it's going to be airy it's going to be something that it's going to be the best hour of your day and i want it to go beyond that best hour of their day and people here there's people that hang out here for hours and like this is like their second home this is their escape and i want them to be able to talk to a coach about whatever the heck is going on in their lives and like i don't want you to show up to my class and then show up to joe schmo's class who's teaching another class in the afternoon and be like wow that class sucked no i want joe schmo's class to be amazing as well I want Joe Schmo to care about you as well. Yeah, dude. Well, look, man, I'm fired up that you're here. That is a great story. I think we're going to be able to do some great things at Strong Side. And uh, thanks for hopping on the podcast. Yeah, man. man. I'm excited to hear the rest of these. Yeah, it's going to be really good. So as I said in the beginning, remember, this podcast, it, we're doing it with the intent for our members. So that does not mean that anybody who's not a member can't listen. Absolutely, you can listen. I'm just saying we want to hear back from you because we want to provide content for you. So we're going to be going through, I think Ashley's up next. We're going to go through all of our management team, our leadership team um, first, and then we'll start going into like coaches and stuff like that. There is going to be a segment where everybody gets to sit down and drill me with questions. <laughs> and I said, I'll answer whatever. So it'll just be a big old panel and uh, you'll get to know me. But that's the whole point. We just love you. We want to interact with you. We want to get content to you however you want. So I hope you have a great day. Yeah. And thanks for listening. And by the way, my mom listens to this. So, hey, mom. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Bye.